I'm Maria Bartiromo. I'm Greg Gutfeld. I'm Liz Clayman, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, August 7th, 2020. I'm Trey Yinkst. The Lebanese people are demanding answers to why thousands of tons worth of explosive material were being stored in the port of Beirut. This is the Fox News Rundown. Global Pandemic. Today's edition of the Fox News Rundown Global Pandemic is going to be a little bit different. Right now I'm on assignment in Beirut, Lebanon, where we are covering the aftermath of a massive explosion that took place on Tuesday, killing more than 140 people, injuring thousands more, and there are still dozens of people missing. Search and rescue teams are going through the rubble looking for survivors, and unfortunately they have pulled out of the rubble more bodies just in the past 24 hours. This is all important in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic because Lebanon is dealing with its own pandemic like every country around the world. And it is trying to take as many precautions as possible despite the fact there is a new humanitarian disaster that the country faces. I think it's easiest and crucial to start with how you simply get into the country. I flew through Istanbul, Turkey, where I had to take a coronavirus test in order to get permission to get into Beirut. So the Turks have been able to find a way to do this in a very, very efficient manner. And I think it could be used as a representative example for countries who have responded to the outbreak correctly and tried to find a way to continue operating their travel industries while doing so. Turkey has a setup at the airport in Istanbul where they can test thousands of people every hour. They have 50 booths set up for rapid coronavirus testing. And what it looks like is you go and you register, you make your payment, and then you wait in a line and you take a normal swab test for COVID-19. And the results can actually be emailed to you or you can go and find the results. They claim you can get the results within two hours. The reality is it's more like five, but if you're transiting through Istanbul, you can find a solution to your problem if the country you're headed to requires COVID-19 results. So Turkey is finding a way to get people tested without having to leave the airport, which I think is really efficient. And you're going to see countries across Europe and eventually states across the United States take a similar path because it is really the only practical way to travel. This is the first international assignment I've had since the coronavirus outbreak, and it was unique. There's a lot of parts about traveling that you don't think about because you're so used to having them. And now that they're gone, it changes the whole way and the whole experience of traveling. Just simply wearing a mask the entire time to ensure that you can be safe and still travel or do your job is unique in its own sense. We're so used to seeing other humans, and I I think airports are such a unique place to be in, that when you have face coverings, it just changes the way you interact with the people around you. So once you actually arrive, though, in Lebanon, you have to take another coronavirus test. So in a period of 12 hours, I took two COVID-19 tests. Those tests don't come back as quickly. I was surprised that they would come back at all amid this other massive disaster that the country is dealing with. But it is a requirement 
for the country of Lebanon because they want to be able to do some form of contact tracing if people coming into the country test positive for COVID-19. So you take a second test, you give your information, and then you're able to enter the country. That was the process getting into Lebanon. Once we were here, the focus is not really as much on coronavirus. People are still wearing masks, not as widely as other locations around the world, but it's understandable because they are dealing with this tragic explosion that was totally unexpected. Oftentimes when we're covering conflicts and wars around the world and there are mass casualty situations, people are prepared. They understand what could happen. And oftentimes those things have familiar patterns. The death is expected. Beirut has experienced this. They have experienced years of civil war. The people here are resilient. If you're a man in your mid-40s, you've lived through multiple wars. You've lived through artillery shellings and bombardments of Beirut and the surrounding areas. So to have something happen so unexpectedly is just a major blow to Beirut and to Lebanon as a whole. I think it's also important to note that it's a major blow to the Lebanese people who were trying so hard to keep the economy up and running during the COVID-19 outbreak. There is such a beautiful history in Lebanon and there's such a beautiful culture. And I think the one thing that shines through despite the fact that this is another blow to the Lebanese people is that what we've seen on the streets since we've been here reporting is really, I think, the best representative example of the Lebanese people. Oftentimes in Western media and and Western think tanks, you hear about Lebanon and you hear about the militant group Hezbollah. You hear about Hassan Nasrallah. You hear about these military operations and tension with Israel. The reality on the ground for the everyday, the everyday civilian is a starkly different reality. It's a reality of caring for your neighbor. It's a reality of cleaning up your city after a disaster. And it's a reality of coming together. I'll give you one example. The people that you see who are protesting corruption in the government, many of those people, despite continuing their protests, have shifted to humanitarian roles. They've opened field hospitals in abandoned buildings. We've seen tents set up all over the city, giving out aid to neighbors who these people don't know. They just simply know that they're Lebanese and that they need help right now. And right now, there are more than 300,000 people internally displaced. 80,000 of them are children, and many of them have nowhere to go. So how does that tie into the COVID-19 situation? It is a major problem because now people are living together in close quarters. Socially distancing and wearing masks is a secondary health concern right now. People are still tending to their wounds in the aftermath of this explosion. And there's really no clear answer from the government about what comes next. And so the Lebanese people are dealing with a number of critical problems that they will have to find solutions to in the coming days and weeks. And I can tell you from speaking with Lebanese civilians, the answer is not the government. It it is the people. And everyone from bar owners to restaurant owners to shop owners is doing their part in ensuring that Lebanon will be able to rise again, as one resident told me earlier today. So I I guess I'd wrap with this, and it's that despite the fact Lebanon is dealing with a coronavirus outbreak, a massive tragedy, 
an explosion in their main port. Lebanon is an example of resiliency. It's an example of helping your neighbor. And I think it's an example of how the entire world ultimately will respond to tragedy and the coronavirus outbreak. And that is coming together to help one another during some of the world's darkest times. When there's an explosion, when there is a virus outbreak, and when there is any sort of global tragedy, it's a stark reminder that death knows no politics and it knows no borders. It simply affects all humans in different ways. Trey Inks reporting from Beirut, Lebanon for the Fox News Rundown Global Pandemic. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.